Welcome to the Nuggets, Inc. podcast presented by Avaca TV, a proud sponsor of the Denver Nuggets and Colorado Avalanche and the most affordable option in Colorado to watch regional sports. For just $25 a month, subscribers can access Avs, Nuggets, Rapids, and yes, even Rockies games anywhere via their phones, tablets, or laptops. We got a lot to talk about today. We're going to get into the last two preseason games, both wins for the Nuggets, and then we're going to play a game called Buy or Sell. I'm going to go through a bunch of different headlines that could happen this season, and Mike is going to weigh in on whether they're real or not. Got that, much more coming up next. And we're back for another edition of the Nuggets, Inc. podcast. Matt Schubert, your host, sitting across the table from Mike Singer in our podcast studio. I believe this is the where Nuggets, Inc. was born this some years it. ago. Yes, I see the, the early remnants yes, of it somewhere on yes, the floor. The afterbirth is, is sitting, yes, in the corner. It's, it's <laughs> quite the place to be. Uh, a little bit of a Jimmy Riggs setup right now, but I think we're gonna we're gonna make it happen. Uh, Nuggets preseason down to I guess one week really, um, give or take a day, and the Nuggets have won two in a row. They've They're looked, on a winning streak. They've and Nikola Jokic played again after sitting out a game. That that feels nice. Was there anything to that? Is there any worry that this wrist thing is gonna be a lingering problem over the season? I mean. You know, he, he kind of neglected to answer this when I asked him uh, earlier this week, is this from last year? Is this, you know, a lingering thing? And he didn't really acknowledge it. And, and I would never expect Joker to be honest about anything injury-wise. Um, that being said, he did acknowledge that it felt weird. And uh, Michael Malone initially said there was no concern. Then they end up doing an MRI on it. Comes back, uh, quote, nothing sinister on that MRI. Yeah, what, what does that mean? Evil? You got an evil... I like to think that Michael Malone comes up with kitschy phrases in the offseason and deploys them in timely manner uh, throughout the season. And nothing sinister was a headline just sitting there. Um so, yeah, Joker misses two games with that right wrist sprain. Would he have played if it was the regular season, do you think? Um, I mean, given what Malone has said this entire preseason, that this is a big-picture approach, they just need to be ready in April and May. Not necessarily. I mean, I watched him warm up before the Phoenix game on Monday night. He looked good. He started his warm-up close to the basket, built his way out, was eventually draining three-pointers. Um, he did end up flexing that right wrist a handful of times, just kind of testing it out. He has it taped uh, going into last night's game against the Los Angeles Clippers. Um, one thing didn't shoot a bunch either. He, he didn't shoot a bunch, and he actually didn't shoot a bunch, um, if at all. I think once or twice in the Oklahoma City game in the preseason opener. So Joker's racked up a grand total of about three or four shots this preseason, and. Now, do you ask yourself, is is that wrist bugging him? Or is he just like, this is his new reality with a lot of shooters around him, and he's trying to get everybody fed and get everybody comfortable. Is that what Joker's doing right now? Uh, or he's just disinterested and whatever. I'm just going to... We're going to go with D, all of the above. <laughs> uh, I mean, you never really know how... Like, I mean, I asked him after the Oklahoma City game, was that was that your plan to not shoot? Um, you know, given the wrist, and he was like, "Nope, nope, that just happened. That was not on purpose." And I was like, "Okay, Nicola, if that's if that's what you say." What about Jamal Murray? He he uh, did not play again last night, um, and he's had. Uh, I guess anything that happens to him is going to be scary, just because of what happened a year and a half ago. Um, you talked to him immediately afterward. He didn't seem to be alarmed by it. Are you alarmed at all by it? I'm not. I'm taking my cues from Jamal. He was smiling he was this was post game I talked to him in Chicago and he was just like you know it hurt like hell like I had this cramp and it was bugging me and I was like I don't need this right now you know you were two games into the preseason like the last thing you need to do is is play through an injury when you're returning from an injury um and I think that Nuggets fans and probably the Nuggets in general have to be accustomed or at least understanding or comfortable with with the fact that it's going to be a slow build to get to get Jamal back to Jamal Murray, uh, and that means 
you know, high 20s, low 30s minutes per game. And, and he hasn't even really, I don't think he's played into the second half um, this preseason. The, the tentative idea was they were going to see how he felt in Chicago at halftime and then make a determination whether he played in the third quarter. Well, he ends up tweaking that that left hamstring uh, with like a minute and a half left in the game or in, in the first half. And yes, it was a scary moment, but Malone has talked about the idea that when you're returning from an ACL, there's going to be a lot of soft tissue uh, injuries that that could crop up. It's kind of the nature of it as you work up your workload. And Malone has talked extensively with the team's training staff about how to slowly build back Jamal's Jamal's workload. And so, um, you know, in an earlier episode, we definitely talked about you know target games for for both Jamal and right. MPJ and. That number I think we talked about was between 65 and 70 for Jamal. It might be a little bit lower than that. It, it could be between the 60 and 65 range. Be, you know, this is a big picture thing. Do you, if he played like, let's say he played 50 games, that that's, that doesn't seem like that would be a disaster to, to me. Like you're playing a majority still. Um, they can win without him against a lot of teams, right? They, they can beat a lot of teams without Jamal Murray on the floor. Um, they and, can, but that would be a disappointing number. 50. You think so? I think that would be especially, I mean, his return is longer than a lot of ACL returns, his year right. and a half off. So, it, you know, he's already had time, extra time to rest. I I, I think that 50 would be a, a pretty big disappointment. I think maybe the sweet spot is, is 63, 64 games, some, somewhere around that range where you're just preserving him and you're not overextending him because – Finally, assuming everybody stays healthy, you have the workhorses to to carry the team and get wins and kind of stockpile those wins, even if your studs aren't aren't available. But I'm thinking like it's a back to back. He's just not playing that second game. Um, I I mean they're definitely or be- the first and plays the second. sure, but they're definitely gonna Jamal's gonna have a part uh, a say in this, and they're gonna have an ongoing discussion and decide. But I mean, for instance, this first one, I think it's um after the season kicks off, it's. It's uh, at San Francisco, uh, the House of Horrors, and then the next night is Oklahoma City, the home opener at Ball Arena, where Jamal will make his triumphant return in front of Nuggets fans. I don't think there's a chance that he's playing in front of the Warriors. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. You got to take choose one of those, and you choose the one. It's not a, not a chance. Um, I, I am curious. We do have one more preseason game uh, Friday night at San Francisco. Uh, again, the house of horrors. Jamal will 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 you know? We'll see if he plays. I don't know, um, but I do know that there was not a lot of long term concern with Jamal. And again, I took my cues from him, but I also asked Malone about it, and there was just not a ton of. He was like, "Yes, we're going to monitor it," but you know, it was scary. Ultimately, we have to learn to live with these type of things as he gets his legs under him. What do you think of the uh, the atmosphere in Ontario? Um, it, 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 just taking games to other arenas, like maybe they do that in Loveland sometime. Maybe they go down to the Springs and play a game. Uh, from what I heard from one reporter uh, who was there last night, uh, I don't know whether I should out him or not. Uh, one re- one reputable reporter told me it's a bleep show here. <laughs> <laughs> Wi-Fi is horrible. The floor around the court is slippery from the ice underneath. It's the epitome of a preseason game in a minor league arena, LOL. That's the uh, that's, that's so the not, prevailing sentiment not, from uh, not the Toyota Arena in Ontario, California. Okay, so maybe they don't do that then. Maybe we don't go up to Loveland. I mean, I'm, I'm serious. At the end of the game last night, um, it's like a couple minutes left in the fourth quarter, maybe like a minute or two left. And Christian Brown is kind of dribbling, and his kind of his legs give out from under him, and it it straight up looked like he slipped on the floor, and it looked like it could have been a serious injury. And I'm all I could think about is I, I apparently there was ice underneath the floor, and I cannot understand. I mean, if I'm Christian Brown, and, and something really happens, am I suing the people who decided to host this game in this D League arena? No disrespect to the D League or G League. G League. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, it just, why are you, why are you introducing that? I mean, 
we saw what happened when LeBron hosted or when he, when LeBron was up in Seattle at Jamal Crawford's pro am. Everyone was slipping, you know. And, um, Chet, and that, that and was, that was where Key Chet Arena, Holm- right? Right. And I don't know. I don't know if it's Key Arena. You're Mr. Seattle, but that's where Chet Holmgren got hurt, and that's where guys were slipping. And LeBron walked out. He was like, "Screw this, man! I'm not playing in in a dangerous environment uh, where my needs are relatively important to my job security." Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, anything else you want to add about that game? Anything that really jumped out to you? Uh, the last two um, that that you thought, "Wow, this is something I'm going to put in the back of my." Well, I mean, because so last night against the Clippers, uh, Bones, Jamal, Jeff Green, and DeAndre Jordan, they all didn't play. Bones got, I mean, he got landed on by old friend Tory Craig, maybe messed up his his left ankle a little bit. I think he's all right, but regardless, it's not great to have a guy fall on your on your leg, especially when you've had ankle injuries before. Um, but the point is that that afforded Bruce Brown an opportunity to start last night. He has point guard experience. He played combo guard at Miami. He also started for the Detroit Pistons as a point guard, had a career-high four assists uh, several years ago for them. And it's just like, I think Nuggets fans are going to fall in love with this dude because he's just a jack-of-all-trades guy. There's nothing he can't do. He he can hit from you know 40% from three. Is it sustainable on a bigger number? Probably not. But he's a spot-up three-point shooter who can hit, he can create, he can facilitate, and oh yeah, he, is, he, he causes holy havoc on defense um, with his energy and, and his intensity, his competitiveness. I mean, the dude can really guard one through five, and I hate when people say that because it's almost always incorrect. But I think Bruce Brown might be the outlier. He, he played post for the Nets. For large chunks of uh, a couple of seasons ago, a large chunk of the season, where he was essentially a five. Right. I mean, I can just see. I don't know, man. Maybe, maybe, maybe in addition to like morphing positions, he had to like appease a lot of personalities on that team. He was like, "Sure, guys, I'll play five. What happened to old friend DeAndre? I thought DeAndre was supposed to do that job, and Bruce said, "I'll take it, DJ. I got you, man." <laughs> Doing it again for him last night too. So impressive, impressive by him. All right. So, now we're going to play a game. I'm going to call this game Buy or Sell. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to present you with a headline and a possible story. And you're going to tell me whether you're buying this story or whether you're selling. Um, And let's... Let's, we've got, I believe, eight or nine topics. I might add more at the end. Who knows? Oh, boy. We'll see what happens. Impromptu Matt. Yeah. Uh-oh. So the very first one, and this is the one that seems like it was the early theme of, uh, of the preseason and of training camp. Denver Nuggets, top five defense. Are you buying or are you selling? This really comes down to a question. Am I buying or selling the soap that Michael Malone is selling? Exactly. Yes. I mean that is if we're to, we are to interpret that that headline. Um, it's how much do I believe in what Malone is saying? I think he he often sets very lofty goals um, with the understanding that they're probably unlikely. Uh, that being said, the team did get way better defensively. It is endlessly fun to see Bruce Brown and KCP and Aaron Gordon out there switching amongst like honestly one through fours. Um, and the only guy who, who is somewhat of a liability on defense is Porter. And it's like, can those three make up for that? Somewhat of a liability? I'm going to not acknowledge that. Um, <laughs> but so do they have the potential to be a, a top seven, top eight defense? I think so. But a top five is lofty. And and I, again, I just think that he sets very, very high goals. Um you're also banking on a big defensive step from Bones Highland, who's going to be your sixth man. Uh, who, whoever is going to be that backup five, I'm sure we'll get to that. But if it's DeAndre, what do you what do you miss defensively? Is he is he able to get out on shooters? Is he able to move like he used to? So I just think that there are enough gaps where I'm I, where I'm selling that one. I, I mean, like I said. Top seven, top eight, okay. And you know what? Historically, get into the top ten, and we can talk championships. This is not a non-starter if we're talking titles in Denver. Gasp. Um, they they were what fifteenth last year? They were right in the middle of the pack. Holy average. Um, and they added defensive pieces during the offseason. They actually made a point of bringing in guys who can defend. Not just that, but you 
eschewed uh, my man Will Barton. Um, <laughs> yes, that's true. Who was not necessarily a defensive plus. So uh, Morris, though, Mar- uh, Money Morris, not, yes. not a bad defender. He was not a bad defender. Um, it was a better. Is it a better, better defender than Bones at this stage? And so, yes, it's a little bit of you know give and take um, up and down the lineup. But um, Bruce Brown, he, the dude is is a is a menace on defense. KCP, um, another guy who maybe we'll get to Christian Brown. He like plays his butt off and is always kind of hunting those passing lanes. You know, got a couple steals last night. Um, I just think they have like like a, a different type of guy. Uh, who can plug and play? I mean, Aaron Gordon, man, they were asking so much of him last year to def- to be their lead defender on all number of positions. And oh, go be Nikola Jokic's number two. Big ask. Aaron Gordon was not up for that. You talk about guys who are going to kill in their roles this year. Aaron Gordon is going to is is going to be so good as the fourth option. And I wrote this last night. But when you splice him with MPJ and um, KCP and Jamal Murray on the perimeter. It's just Aaron Gordon and, and Joker, and Joker can facilitate from outside. Joker can facilitate from the elbow. Aaron Gordon can ha- pretty much have the paint to himself, clean up second chance opportunities, can, can hit his little floaters that he told me he worked on. I think AG is, is really going to thrive with all these other pieces and parts in, in this offense. Okay, that brings us to my next headline buy or sell. Nikola Jokic, triple-double season. And and just so you know, okay, is he going to average a triple-double? That's what we're asking because he's had a bunch of assists in these preseason games he played. I thought he had, what, eight yesterday? He had seven. He had seven in the first half. Seven in one half. Um, presumably, he's not shooting as much this year because he doesn't have to shoot as much this year, but he's still the hub of the offense. So what say you, buy or sell? Oh, man. I think, I think I'm. I don't. I don't trust it, but I think I'm gonna buy. You're buying. I think so. Eight point five assists two seasons ago. FYI, it's not unrealistic that his assists will hit double digits. He has so many pieces. With he had seven in the first half last night. Right. Without Jamal Murray, like he's just gonna dime people up. And and does is his scoring gonna gonna drop? Yes. Is it cool if he averages? 22 points a game, yeah, it's going to be totally fine. But he's going to make up for it in his assists. His rebounds, the, I mean, that's interesting. I think last year he had 13.7.8 rebounds. Yeah, I, I believe it was above 12. I know that for I sure. Think it was, I, think it was, uh, I think it was well above 13. And one of the reasons for that was because of Michael Porter Jr.'s absence. And so Joker just ended up gobbling up all those rebounds. Joker's not going to get as many rebounds this year. Is he? I think he's going to get over ten. So I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that this dude does it. Um, in which case, there's all these other tentacles we can pursue. First, you know, going to average a triple double. Well, um, MVP. We can talk about it. Yeah, I, I feel like if you ever if if he puts up a, a, a triple double season, how do you not give it to him? That's what I'm saying, man. We are in. We're about to be in very rare air if uh if joker you know can do that and he's gonna make like it was 13.2 rebounds okay i i thoroughly enjoy when nikola Jokic makes all these sports writers and all these mvp voters uncomfortable oh it gives me so much joy because they wrap themselves in pretzels, trying to in, in in logical pretzels, trying to explain why Joker is not this or is not special and is not the creator and the facilitator of everything that the Nuggets do. Um, and what I always say is, I'm like, all right, cool, you guys are telling on yourself, and that's fine. I like it when when there's transparency. I like it when I can uh, when I can see what's what. Michael Wilbon, before a playoff game uh, last season, basically made an argument that the numbers don't matter. Why are we counting them then? What 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 is the point of ha- counting the numbers if they do not matter? And if I remember, I I did look at the voter sheet. I don't think Wilbon voted for. I think he voted for Embiid. He did. He was an Embiid voter. Correct. Got it. Well, the numbers are going to matter when the Nuggets are a top two, top three seed, and this dude's putting up eye-popping stats, and you're going to have to acknowledge them. And whether he is 
and I don't think he's the favorite, uh, and because I, I, voter fatigue is real, but it's not out of the realm of possibility that he just he makes you think for a second. He makes you have the conversation, and when you have the conversation, you can you can go down a pretty steep slope uh, pretty fast, and you're like, oh wow, um, Joker is that guy. Uh, so, I, I mean, would I bet on it? No, but because you know. It's early in the morning and we're feeling a little a little frisky. Um yeah, we're buying we're buying Joker triple double. All right. Before we get into the other ones, we gotta take a quick break. So we'll be right back. The Nuggets Inc. podcast is presented by Avaca TV, a proud sponsor of the Denver Nuggets and Colorado Avalanche and the most affordable option in Colorado to watch regional sports. For just $25 a month, subscribers can access Avs, Nuggets, Rapids, and yes, even Rockies games anywhere via their phones, tablets, or laptops. Vodka also offers dedicated channels for college athletics in Colorado, including CSU, DU, Northern Colorado, and Metro State. As one Twitter user aptly said, it's like the Netflix of Colorado sports. There are no contracts and subscribers can pause or cancel at any time. Sign up at avaca.tv. All right, back again after paying the bills. Mike Singer, buy or sell. Christian Brown, all rookie, hiding in plain sight. So we're about to have two in a row. Bone, two in a row. Bones it, made second team last year. and uh, Both out of the 20s, by the way. That would, that would be two coming out of the 20s right. in the first round. I mean... I'm I'm not I'm selling that one. I don't think that no. I, I don't think that Christian Brown is going to get enough run to justify that. Um I mean think about it last year, man. The reason why Bones came on was because he ended up assuming the reins of the second unit uh over Faku in the second half of the year. So uh in what world is Christian Brown Brown, my bad, going to usurp Davon Reed um by by such a margin that he will generate votes um, on any of the all rookie teams. Is Davon Reed a better player than Christian Brown right now? Right now, maybe, maybe. But if you're talking, but but Christian Brown is four games into his NBA career, unofficial games into his NBA career. Christian Brown has a lot of upside, and I mean, again, buzzword drink draft night. We're <laughs> plastered at this point, but. But Christian Brown plays so hard, and, and he's a smart player, and he he doesn't care, and, and he's not like you're he's not like a knockdown three point shooter. So, and I don't even know how confident he is from the three point line. So, what else do you do? He's a big body. He plays hard. He defends. He gets in the passing lanes. He's had multiple nights, multiple consecutive games, double digit scoring. Um, he has pretty damn good athleticism. Um, Seems like a smart player too yes but you know I, I just think that like i mean if we're if we are giving an unfair evaluation to uh calvin booth's um draft uh, inaugural draft christian brown looks like he has staying power and we'll have an argument to crack the second unit at backup small forward um and and peyton watson has also flashed and he looks like he has he has some interesting pieces if nothing else, really long arms, a really good frame, really good anticipation can handle when he's when he's on offense, like six seven six eight guy who can occasionally hit. Like that's gonna be a long term project. Like Calvin Booth knew it, but in Brown they might have a plug and play guy. Um, does that merit second team all rookie? I don't think so, but it'd be pretty stunning to have a second team all rookie guy on a team of this caliber. Uh, we we give Calvin Booth the truth serum, and we say, Cal, what do you think about Davon Reed playing over Christian Brown? What, what what do you think he says? I think he's okay with the development of. Uh, I, I think he's okay with slow playing it. I really do. I mean, does he? Obviously, he sees a lot of value in Christian Brown. He drafted him. Um, there's there's going to be time where uh, a time where Christian Brown. Uh, makes a demonstrative case that he deserves to be playing um, over over Davon Reed. That hasn't happened yet. There just hasn't been enough time. When that happens, um, I think that Christian will end up playing more. 
Uh, that being said, that's by no means a guarantee. And, and, and I also kind of think that whoever wins the backup small forward job, the guy who comes out first is maybe not the one who's going to end it, who's going to end in the season in that position. Because it's kind of be like, it's going to be like, man, this dude's waiting in the wings. This dude's waiting in the wings. When are we going to give him an opportunity? As soon as one of those two guys falters, bam, the other guy's going to get a chance. So I think that this is this is a it's a process, man. I think that uh, Calvin Booth was on Christian Brown for a while um, and was confident, saw a lot of him, and said this guy's going to be a valuable NBA player. Um, and, and you know, Davon has his value too, and it you know ultimately that's going to shake out. One of them is going to uh, distance themselves from the other. Uh, the good news is. It seems like the Nuggets have really good wing depth this year, which I don't think you would have said about last year's team. Or the year before. Or like This has always been a thing. Like it, Jeremy Grant and P.J. Dozier and wings of the past, stuff always happened. Either they're getting hurt or they're, or, or they're, they're going to greener pastures. Shout out Detroit. Um, you know... The, the, the Nuggets do have wings. They they acknowledged it. Bruce Brown and KCP were necessary ads. Davon and Christian Brown and, you know, down the line, Peyton Watson were necessary ads. They are stockpiling those wings. Um, there might not be a more valuable position in the NBA than a, a two, the two through four. The two, three, four position. And, and, you know, Calvin always says this. He says the hardest pieces in the NBA to develop are the ones threes and fives point guards are leading threes you got to do everything and fives you're the anchor of the defense and in joker's case you're the anchor of the offense too the twos and fours are the productive guys so those threes you know how much he values them it's a long play with them they take time to develop um and that's christian so in due time we're gonna see uh but uh to answer your your harebrained question uh, my man is unlikely to make any all-rookie teams. That's a sell. That's a sell. Just got to make sure we keep with the branding here. All right, next one Contractually up. obligated. Next, next, next one up. Related. Bruce Brown, game closer. Bye. Bye, 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 <laughs> bye, bye. I mean, Bruce... Who sits out from the starting lineup in that, in the, at the end of games with him on the floor? Um... It could be Contavious and it and it could be MPJ. Those are your options. Right. Um, AG will be closing. Joker will be closing. Jamal will be closing. So your only reasonable options are Porter and KCP. Whichever one is having a worse offensive game, you can probably assume that Bruce will take their spot. He just is so versatile can switch is physical doesn't back down he's i described him as kind of like a, an immovable boulder um you hear the way malone talks about bruce brown guarding jason tatum in the playoffs last year and it is just i mean the dude is raving about his his defensive potential um and so did a great job on devin booker the other night five of 17 from from book and what you begin to realize about Bruce Brown, the more you watch him, is so much of his effectiveness is just is effort based. It's like he he just his like multiple efforts, second, third opportunities, hustling out to shooters and, and just getting a hand in their face and just being an irritant. Um, and I mean, I described him also as like a wind up toy. He speeds up when he charges out um, on shooters and. And it's relentless, and so um, just to have that kind of piece, that it is such an invaluable piece to deploy, where you're confident that the effort will be there, there won't be the lapses. He can guard all these positions. The more you, the more we talk about it, the more it's 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 the most obvious buy on this list. Bruce Brown will be closing games, and um, you know either KCP or MPJ is going to have to live with it. And if it's an MPJ's case, cool, improve your defense and and make a better argument for yourself. One one counterpoint, one concern, I should say. Are you at all worried about his shooting on the outside? Because you kind of want to have floor spacers. You want to have guys who are going to hit open shots when Nikola Jokic is on the floor. Does that concern you at all, especially at the end of games? I mean, that's what you either have Mike or KCP for. Uh, and he can hit, again, a 40% three-point shooter on, sh- on small sample size. Right. Joker can hit. 
Um, Jamal can hit. One thing we we didn't really talk about with Bruce Brown is you know how you know how the Nuggets like to run those inverted screens where Joker's the ball handler and and Jamal is the screener. I'm like that is in Bruce Brown's bag. He enjoys setting screens. He enjoys taking contact and being physical. So they can just good at rolling and hitting floaters. All as well. of that. So so he can they, they can do all this wonky stuff with him as if it's not hard enough to guard Joker and Jamal in the two man game. Like you just add another weird and I say that in the best way a weird screener. Um and and Bruce Bruce Brown's gonna thrive playing alongside Joker and. You know, I already I already gave Calvin some props for for Christian and Peyton. Um, they don't sign Bruce Brown without Calvin's you know go ahead green light of approval. Calvin was like, okay, yeah, this is a dude we need. Um, and so you know, I've spoken about it before, but there's there's a collaborative effort going on with Malone with Calvin in the off season, in the draft, in uh, free agency, and it's like, who do we need? What do we need? Calvin has been empowered in this role and he identified Bruce Brown and given all those traits that I just mentioned, uh, of course, Malone is on board with it. And, and, you know, that's where they got to that, that, that point, that, that, that signing. But I mean, all of his, all of his moves and all of his transactions to this point have seemingly hit. Now I'm not assuming that this leads to a title, but they've hit thus far. Um, So flowers, they're in route. To Calvin Booth, <laughs> not one of our buyer sells, but 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 Cal Smith gets flowers. That's that's one of the headlines for today. I'm sorry, Cal Booth. Excuse me. <laughs> the 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 look th- that the stink face I just got from Mike Singer. Not I good. think I think um, the next one, if I'm to uh, read into your your uh, mistake, is yeah. Ish Smith. Correct. It is Ish Smith. Um, so headline, we're gonna see this at some point during the season. This headline, buy or sell. Ish Smith. Not just a throw-in for the KCP trade. Actual value. Actual value. Buy. We we here on the Nuggets Inc. podcast love Ish Smith. You may have heard we had a long conversation with Ish Smith. He was great, by the way. Insightful, honest, enlightening, funny, Ish. Like, And so I, I would say that that conversation was my first real insight and, and, and window into who Ish is. And... Just just to give you a quick picture, even if you did listen to the podcast, he showed up and he apologized because he was like five minutes late. And and we talked to him after- We call that on time in the NBA. Yeah, we call that on time. Um, but Ish, man, he's just a different dude. He just like, he, he is, he doesn't, I mean, he carries himself like a complete pro and yet has a ton of- uh, he just he just is like a normal guy, and so when he hit the game winner against um, Phoenix the other night, I think he came to the podium about twenty twenty five minutes after the game ended, and he apologized. He said, "Y'all were waiting for me. Like you know, you didn't have to do that. Like I'm sorry." And th- this this humility that he carries himself with, in addition to still being a good player. I mean, I talked to someone at training camp, and I was like, "Man, like." There's nothing really that Ish does that's elite. And this person said, oh, really? Like, the dude has elite quickness. He still has it. Oh, yeah. he's. It's like when you throw him in the games, it's almost like somebody sped up the recording. You know, they're like fast-forwarding the recording just a little bit, and Ish Smith is moving around everybody. And yet he's under control. That's that's Ish's game. Um, and so he doesn't he doesn't look out of control. He he just looks faster than the defense. And what that does is that make that creates easy looks, other opportunities for the guys he's playing with. He also gets into like crazy creases, and his crossover still is effective. So all of great passer too. Yes. So all of these things, you're like, is he? A, a third string point guard like I think he's a viable backup point guard if the Nuggets were to need that and um and I asked him after after the uh, Phoenix game I was like have they talked to you about the idea that you're going to end up playing more because Jamal's working his way back and he said no man I don't even think about role I just go day to day play my game when they call me I play I do my best and this dude like does not have an ego and it is one of the reasons why it's so obvious it's one of the reasons why he's stuck around and will eventually set an NBA record in a in 6 days playing for his 13th NBA franchise people love this dude and so 
if Bones is hurt, um, if Jamal is taking one of those back-to-back rest nights, they got a lot of confidence in Ish. I have a lot of confidence in Ish. I think that he is a good backup guard. And, and, and compare him to what they had last year in Faku, no disrespect, Argentina, but Ish clearly has NBA staying power. Faku just got signed or is on the verge of signing Mavs. a day before the a week before the season starts. It says all you need to know about did the Nuggets improve in that area. So I think and it's not just the on-court stuff, man. The 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 wisdom that he's going to have for some of these young dudes, Ish is going to be a valuable piece of that trade. Right. I was going to ask you um is this a guy who 10 years from now is on somebody's bench as like an assistant or maybe even a head coach someday? Uh, did you really listen to the podcast, Matt? <laughs> because we definitely got into that with uh, with Ish. And, um, he, you know, he said, look, I'm not even close to done. So he didn't really entertain that, but he but he did say he wants to work in basketball. Right. I could see this guy being in a front office so easily or being on a bench, like that's the kind of respect that he he garners in the league. Um, so I think absolutely, I think he's going to be an assistant coach, maybe even a head coach at some point if he wants to be, um, or maybe as kind of you know a consultant with a team. But the dude has a very unique path, and he has a lot of wisdom to impart um, on the locker room. So uh, for, on, on all accounts, that was I know it was seen as a throwaway. Um, but I remember reporting that they weren't going to waive him. And I'll be honest, I didn't know the impact or effect that he was going to have, but it's he, substantial. He's had moments in the NBA of extended minutes uh, and contributing to winning. Uh, I remember a year when he was on the Suns, but it was kind of a big year for him. He really showed it. I can play every day and contribute in a meaningful way every day. So he I think he's. I think he's did that as well with New Orleans. I think he also did that with uh, the 76ers. So like, it's not like this guy. Like, there's a reason he keeps getting opportunities. Obviously, the locker room stuff. But as he said on our podcast, this is not a character competition. You got to be able to play. And Ish is competitive, man. Ish is really competitive, and he remembers slights. Like, like you know. To a scary degree, he remembers slights, which I think is how you how you survive in the league um, when you're his size. And you and I said you don't have an elite skill, but he does. He's extremely fast. Right, shots a wonky. Uh, <laughs> yes, very. You know, but I mean, is it dropping? Sure is. He he it it the thing that really jumps out, like I said, you know, the, the speed that 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 just gets injected in the game. It's almost like the game just. It flips in a way when you throw him in that 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 something has happened to the game that he has just imposed a different pace, a different uh, game when he gets in. Yeah, and what a and what a piece to have when um when it's a guy who doesn't ever rock any boats and he's just content with his role and will play when you call his number. Um, speaking of numbers, uh, quick aside, I noticed this. Uh, I noticed this earlier in the preseason. They gave away all of the numbers from the previous Nuggets. KCP wearing number five, shout out Will Barton. <laughs> Bruce Brown wearing number 11, shout out Monte Morris. Uh, Ish Smith wearing number 14, where you at, Gary Harris? <laughs> and they don't, I, I guess there's not a lot of sanctity so, to those so numbers. You're saying they're not going to retire Gary Harris's number 10 years from now? You said that. I didn't say that, Matt. <laughs> all right, let's move on. Next headline. You've already seen this headline. This headline's everywhere. You can't you can't put in a search without seeing this pop up. Zeke Naji. Breakout season. Am I buying or selling? Are you buying or selling? I'm buying. You're I, buying. I'm buying. You're I wrote, all in. I wrote about it. I've talked to Zeke. He looks so much more confident and comfortable in with his body. With his vertical, with his physicality, um, you know, banging in the post, he he just looks like he knows how to use his newfound muscle. Ten pounds of muscle, four inch vert. I remember there was a rebound last night, an offensive rebound that he just like soared, and I was like Zeke, I like you can those four inches are significant. Um, and so I, I mean, what does a breakout season mean? Does a breakout season mean that he is, you know? like penned in, etched in stone, your backup five, 
mm, I don't think I'm going to go that far, but I do think if there's if the Nuggets have four games, uh, four games in a week, I think Zeke is going to deserve to play three of those four, and DeAndre is going to have to live with those partial minutes um, every few games. Is that what's going to happen? That's not what I'm saying. It, it very well may not because Michael Malone is loyal to his to his vets. He does not need DeAndre Jordan, um, uh, you know, not happy with his role after whatever was promised to him. And I'm he, not saying there was anything promised. Well, yeah, and, but also, I mean, he's getting paid vet minimum, and he's a guy who who hasn't rocked the boat before when he's been benched, which has basically happened everywhere he's been for the last two years. I mean, do we know that? Are we for sure? We're not for sure. Uh, I, I never remember seeing the headline, DeAndre Jordan unhappy with role. One guy who's going to help with that is Jeff Green. Uh, is That's that's DeAndre's boy. And they're like, they're super tight. One of the reasons he came here for sure. Um, so I think that it's going to grease uh, a little bit of uh, friction if there is that. But um, I think Zeke Naji deserves to be the backup five. Does that mean that he'll get there? I don't know that, but I do think he's made significant gains. The three-point shooting, the physicality, um, the rebounding. I mean, I think he had 13 points on five of six shooting, eight rebounds, and two blocks in 20-some minutes last night. Like, wh- That's production. That's best, a lot of production. Best rim protector on the team? Hmm. Um... I mean, Jeff Green is, he can block shots. Nikola Jokic isn't like a rim protector. It's probably DeAndre, but the thing with DeAndre is within two feet of the basket, that's where his rim protection is. Correct. When you move to four or five feet, that's an ass to get out there. Yeah. So um, I guess when you're close to the rim, I probably lean DeAndre, but Zeke, like, Zeke has made significant strides, and the thing that's most encouraging is he carried a big offseason into a strong preseason, um, and, and it wasn't just like in a vacuum. There have been demonstrable changes and improvements to his game, um, and in due time, I think he's going to warrant uh, being the backup five. All right. Uh, bye. Bye. Did I not say? Yeah, that, well, I believe you said at the start. I'm, I'm pretty sure you said bye. Contractually obligated. All right. Branding. Thank you. Buying. So far, I think you're, you've bought. Well, let's go through here. I want to make sure I know on this. Oh, wait. Lost the email. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, great podcasting here. Um, you, buying on, or I'm sorry, selling on Denver Nuggets top five defense, right? Selling. Okay. Nikola Jokic triple double season. That was an enthusiastic buy. It was a tepid buy. (laughs) (laughs) Next one. Christian Brown, all rookie hiding in plain sight. That was a buy. No, it was not. It was a sell of him making the all rookie team. Fair. Okay. Yeah. Matt's audit. (laughs) Matt, never be an auditor. (laughs) Ish Smith, not just a throw throw in. Yeah, we we buy that. Bought. Bruce Brown. Bought. Bought. Zeke Najee. You just bought. We bought. Next up. Oh, boy. Michael Porter Jr., all is well. Watch out. The all-star coming. Ooh. I oof. I think Porter looks really good. And I think ten of twenty from three point range. Yeah. This preseason. I mean, most importantly, I don't even care what his shooting percentage is, but that's great. Uh I just care that he's moving well. And he is moving well. And I mean, this is this is the dream. This is the idea that you can that that he this is sustainable. Is this sustainable? That's going to determine like so much of their season. Um, but last night was a was a really good look at him playing within himself and him playing off of Joker and not forcing it and hitting some like absurd step back three pointers. I think he was three of three from three. Correct. Um, Joker fed two of them. I think Bruce Brown hit another one. Like when he plays within himself, it's like the easiest. Why do his three pointers seem so much easier than everybody else's three pointers? Well, that form is about perfect. It is. It's it's special. And so you can minimize the defensive stuff, man, and, and stay healthy. I'm buying Porter. I, I, I'm buying it. Like everything that Malone has said is that he he's had an excellent um, return to play protocol and. Um, has not been inhibited. I mean, this is what this is what we wrote. This is what we reported uh, that 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 he was 
like mo- mobility wise was in a really good place after his third back surgery. Um, in, in retrospect, very, uh, very good decision not to return and force the issue last year. Um, and, and just give yourself more time because was that his decision or was that the, the team saying, Mike, you're, you're not doing this. I think that it was, this is an educated guess. I think that it was more the team, um, because the team probably needed to intervene and say, Hey man, uh, your max contract starts next year <laughs> and, uh, we're going to make sure you're good for it. Um, so I'm, I'm buying, I'm buying Porter, uh, I think that he's had some really good flashes, and and it's just the, it's it's the health that well, and, and the he defense looks good. too, right? Is that, that, that if you're having one concern, can you stay on the court as a defender because you know that Michael Malone values defense? Well, I think both things can be true. I think he could have a good year, uh, and I don't know exactly what the phrasing of the of the headline was. All star. Well, look, if you're not on the court. Uh, to close games, you're not going to be an all-star. So either something has taken a, a significant leap um, defensively, or he's not going to be an all-star. That being said, he can still be very good. If you're shooting, uh, you know, what I mean, the 50, 40, 90 benchmarks and, and, you know, at volume from three, you can still be very good and very effective um, without being an all-star. So if there's a gray area of being an all-star and being a really productive third option on this team, uh, that's what I'm buying. All right. One more. Buy or sell. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say the headline. I'm also going to go through the reasons why this headline oh boy. may be relevant. The window for the Nuggets is wide open. Draymond Green just went Draymond Green on somebody's face, a teammate's face. He has a name. We could we could give Jordan Jordan Poole. Poole. Yes, it's Jordan Poole. He deserves Jordan, if Jordan nothing Poole's else. Face. He deserves uh, you know some recognition <laughs> for getting punched in the face. I'm just saying. All right, next, DeAndre Ayton won't even talk to his head coach. By the way, that's a problem. By the way, he he has talked to him and will talk to him. I know that it was a thing earlier in this preseason, but he has spoken to his head coach. I've what? I've read some reporting. Hi, hi, coach. Bye, coach. I just talked to my coach. Move on. Russell Westbrook won't even huddle with Pat Bev on the Lakers. Did you see the clip? I did saw you, the clip. Did you see and that? I this is this, and we wonder why NBA players hate the media. We wonder why they get so frustrated because we 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 make these like sweeping deductions. I'm more I'm more concerned if Anthony Davis is playing the five than I am about the camaraderie between Pat Bev and Russell Westbrook at this point. Um, that seems to be an issue. If AD is your five and LeBron's age 37 or 38 or whatever he is, uh, the Lakers have real issues. I wouldn't even consider them in the conversation for a top five or top six seed. Yeah, I think that's probably appropriate. Did I go out on a really thin limb there? <laughs> um, that, that would in, go with that. In terms of wide open, man. Oh, uh, also, hold on. Hold oh, on. boy. Go on. The Mavs just signed Faku Compazzo. That's where we're at with the Mavs. Uh, in that case, uh, the the window shut, and uh, it's the Mavericks year. <laughs> um, <laughs> He's not playing the role of Brunson, is he? They're, they're not asking him to do that. I don't think that Faku can play that role. So, um, yes, the Mavericks lose their their second best, uh, probably the second best player in Jalen Brunson goes to New York. Uh, the Suns have all this stuff swirling with the this imminent sale of their team, um, the DeAndre Ayton stuff, which I think is overblown. But the Jay Crowder stuff is not. This is a this is a contending team, and and Jay Crowder, who's been on a number of winning teams, just wants out. That's curious. What's what's the deal there, Jay? It's weird. It's definitely my weird. old uh, my old buddy from Marquette. When I see him, I'll ask him. Uh, he's he's been traded like I don't know thirty times in the NBA, I'd... but he's also played on winning teams, man. He, like there's a re- like it's the you know six six degrees of LeBron. Like he was on those Boston teams, then he was on Cleveland, um, Miami. Yeah, like he has an impact. He's a imp- Utah. He's he's a winning player. Um, so why what's going on there? Um, and uh, and yeah, you mentioned Punchgate um, n- does not warrant a suspension. Interesting decision. I, 
I was a little shocked by that. What, what, what do you think? Yes, I was surprised. And I don't know if that's, um, if that's the Warriors not telling on themselves, if that's the Warriors not acknowledging that, oh, by the way, we have a deep-seated issue with uh, one of our core pieces and our culture. Um, I thought that was a bad look. And every, it would have, everything would have been glossed over had the video not come out. The video comes out, it's like, cool, you find the guy. Um, that that's the equivalent of a slap on the wrist. And just for those who didn't see I the video, everyone saw the video. He knocked him out pretty. Much. I mean, his legs buckled. Well, and he fell to the ground. Yeah, and that's something that Jay, that Draymond's going to have to reconcile with and figure out and decide if he can get back into that locker room. But like, I don't know. I mean, that. If you could rank the things, uh, the the a list of like the worst ten things you can have happen for a defending champion before the season starts, we might have uh, we might have just cracked number one. Yeah, that's I I can't imagine. Listen, they're all about culture in Golden State, and they sent they definitely have a lot of talent. That much we know. Yeah. Um, but you you throw that into before you've even played a regular season game, a single regular season game internal strife to the point that we're actually knocking dudes out. I think I think Steve Kerr says the biggest crisis he's had to deal with right. um, in in his years in coaching. And he had a team where also Draymond Green yelled at the best player on the team in front of everybody and had to be escorted. Yeah, I mean, there's a difference between a verbal assault and a uh, physical assault. <laughs> so um, to answer the question, the Nuggets – have a legit chance they like i said this several podcasts ago several episodes ago the team that i think everybody i don't know that everyone's sleeping on but they're kind of just waiting in the wings is the team that they saw last night uh in ontario california uh the quasi home of the los angeles clippers um I think the Clippers are going to be so good once they get right. And very similar to the Nuggets, maybe they don't have the most dominant uh, regular season because they have an eye on the postseason, because they're bringing Kawhi back and PG back, and what version does John Wall look like? I mean, it will be a tasty Western Conference Finals if we get Clippers Nuggets. Um, The the history, the 3-1 history last year or, or two years ago, after they made the Aaron Gordon trade, the Nuggets officials and team personnel were pinching themselves when they went to Los Angeles with AG, a fully healthy squad, and they beat the Clippers. They said, holy crap, we might have a chance to win the championship this year. A few days later is when Jamal gets hurt. So it just seems like in, in some roundabout way, the Clippers and Nuggets are going to butt heads at some point this season it very well might be at the end of, of the Western Conference playoffs uh, with a lot on the line. I think they're going to be excellent defensively, um, and I think Ty Lue is one of the best coaches in the league. So for a ton of reasons, the Clippers, I'm really high on the Clippers, um, and I also think that the Nuggets have a chance this year and next year, assuming the health, this team is has scary depth. How, how concerned would you be if you were the Clippers about Kawhi Leonard? Because... He never plays a full season. Um, it, it It's not like somebody who gets injured often just stops in their mid-30s. Like, that keeps going. Um, to me, and this is part of the reason why I have a hard time buying the Clippers, it's his health, and then are we really that excited about John Wall? I mean, how— I'm he, that excited. He, I'm buying John Wall. He didn't play in the NBA for, like, two years. That's cool. It's that's, because, that seems like a problem. It's because the it's because uh, the Rockets are a dumpster fire. That was to me more an indictment on them than on John Wall, in yeah, my opinion. But you, you then you have to go back and start playing NBA games again after. Did they want him to play? Like I don't think they want. They were tanking. Well, of course they didn't want him to play. But I just to me, call me crazy. If uh, somebody's not playing in the NBA for two years, that's going to be an issue. I mean, does he need to apologize for signing a big fat deal that the Rockets ultimately didn't want to pay? No, no, get paid, John Wall. I get your money. I'm, I think that's great. I, I'm just not sure. I'm not sure if I'm buying like game changer John Wall for the Clippers. It was an anecdote. It was one guy: Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Reggie Jackson, Marcus Morris, Terrence Mann, Zubak, uh, 
and John Wall. They're, they're, Wait, do they have Zubox still? I'm sorry. Yes. I, okay. They're they're deep. They're really good. John Wall is is an addition who's going you, you to. You know who cooks Zubok? Nikola co- Jokic cooks Zubok. Cool. Uh, I eagerly await to. I eagerly await the Nuggets wing defenders uh, slowing down Kawhi and Paul George because they haven't had anybody to stop those guys for years. Nobody has anybody to stop those guys. But again, health. Are they going to be able to do it? Are they going to be able to go the full season? Same caveat with the Nuggets. True. Um, that is true. So uh, I'm buying that the window's wide open. I think that the Nuggets are going to be a two or the three seed, and or at least in competition for that top three seed, which, I, again, really, really thin limb I'm, I'm walking on. Um, I just think they're really deep, and they finally have people to to supplement Joker and take some of that workload off. Uh, and, and, you know, you're going to – you have enough people to let – to let Jamal ease back, ease back in, and MPJ to kind of ease back in, and AG can fit a role, and Bruce and KCP can do their thing. Like they, this team is deep. Um, probably seven. I mean, seven, eight, nine guys deep. Like you trust that playoff rotation. We did not mention uh, the Memphis Grizzlies or the Minnesota Timberwolves. If one of those were to be scary in your mind. Uh, a roadblock. It's Memphis. Memphis no, is not scary. Minnesota. You don't, you don't you're not buying off-season additions turning them into something else. I better. mean let let's see Minnesota first cuz I think Minnesota is going to be really interesting uh and I I like the I actually love that Tim Connolly tried it. The whole league's going small, screw it, let's go big, let's cater to our strengths. Um and I think you get you get Cat out of the out of the 5, make him the 4, give him an elite defender behind him. I think it's going to work. Uh now I just think Memphis has a lot more interesting parts in Ja, in Bain, and in Jaron Jackson. Like they're they're nice. They're really good defensively, um, and I mean Ja is just an electric player. So and I, I Bain is fantastic. Too. He's built like a linebacker. That guy he is TCU. I remember Nuggets fans wanted to draft him, and I think that the Nuggets were not, if I remember correctly, they were not as high on him as they. Evidently should have been, because <laughs> Desmond Bain is a is a problem. Yes. Um. So I think Memphis is it, Memphis is five thousand percent in that in that you know top tier conversation. But I mean, look, we just mentioned like five or six teams. The West is stacked. Uh. So, uh, whatever is keeping down that over under win total, which I think is around forty nine and a half or whatever. Yeah, I think forty nine with a hook. Yeah. Uh. That's what's keeping it down is the competition because the Nuggets are better than that. Uh. But but. It's a deep, it's a deep, deep conference. Yeah, I, I love the over on 49 and a half. Love the over. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. That, that, that's Matt Schubert's betting advice for today. He's a shark. Take take the over. <laughs> yep. Okay. Well, I'm all out of headlines here for buy or sell. Uh, is there any that you have in the back of your mind that you'd like to discuss or something else that you want to talk about? I'm buying the Denver Post. Nuggets coverage this year. That's, that's what I'm buying. I, I buy. I buy too. That's what I'm buying. Uh, I already bought it. That's what I'm buying. We're, we'll be on the road. Weekly podcasts. Uh, you know, player interviews. All of the above. That's what I'm buying. Uh, and I mean, I've, I've been saying it, man. We'll be in. Uh, we'll be in Utah next Wednesday. We'll be in San Francisco on Friday. Uh, we're gonna be on the road for almost every single road game. Um, this is this is the year. Um, this is the year where they take their, their leap, um, or at least have the potential to, and, and we're going to be there on the ground, in the locker room, everywhere. So I'm buying the Denver Post coverage. All right. With that, I think we're about ready to sign off. I checked. No new reviews on iTunes. No, nobody else has Thank weighed God. in. Uh, just If you uh, are listening and you haven't reviewed us on iTunes, go over there. Five stars. Uh, you can tell, you know, say whatever you want about us. Uh, they, they already have about me. Even Mike has, has gotten a couple of... Uh, caught, a, caught, caught a couple of strays. <laughs> Yes, but but just you know, make sure it's five stars. Everything else, say what you want, do what you want. Review us. We'll read them back here uh, on the Nuggets Inc. podcast. Uh, we are coming up with giveaways for this. Uh, I believe there's a hat, if I'm not mistaken, that could be given out here in the next 
in the, ne- in the next couple episodes, yeah, we have a sweet uh, vintage hat that will be uh, raffled off in some capacity. Uh, still working through the details of that, but you won't be mad if, if you're the new owner of this hat. All right. Well, with that, I'm going to say goodbye. Mike Singer, thanks for joining us. Glad to talk to you. Of course. Thanks, man. Turn around You're living in the shadow Of someone